Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barashi Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Mm. Let's talk about how, you know, as individuals, we have this awareness. And then as investors, we have this need to be accountable. Mm. I think it's become more than just about making money these days. Yeah. In the earlier years, I think a lot of people were just, anything that makes me more money, I'm going to invest in. Mm. But these days, it's about both. Yes, it's got to be lucrative. Yet, it's got to be socially responsible and it's got to be conscious. It's got to be socially, environmentally conscious as well. it's a uh, generational evolution? Mm, Possibly. But also I've noticed it across the generations Mm, because I think this is the zeitgeist. This is the sign of the times, right? The world has been in peril for the last two years especially Mm. and environmental issues have been on the radar off and on for at least the last decade, if not more. And people are starting to think, hey, if I'm going to put my money into something, why not put it into something that will serve all of these issues that will push forth solutions in these arenas as well. So there's this recent report by Capital Preferences and it uncovered a major gap between intention and action Mm. in the growing ESG investment market. Even though the global market for ESG investments have grown like what, 42% to $715 billion just last year. Mm. I can understand because people want to be good. They want to invest in solutions for the climate, for instance, Mm. but but maybe they don't have enough information and they end up not doing it or doing it wrong. The study reveals that actually 74% of Singaporean investors say that ESG factors are important or very important to their investment decisions. But here's the disconnect here. Only 14% of investors are confident that their portfolio matches their principles. Okay. That's okay. where the gap is. So what can be done to close this particular gap in the ESG investment space? We're joined now by Pat Spenner, Chief Marketing Officer at Capital Preferences. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Nice to be with you. Quite a conversation we're, we're going to have. So let's talk about Capital Preferences first. Uh, you guys are leading behavioral economics, decision science and financial technology firm. And you've launched this insights report on ESG investing preferences here in Singapore. We spoke about some of the highlights. What else can you add on to it? Yeah, well, it, it was a unique study in that we were able to bring our decision science based profiling tools to bear to study and map out the detailed ESG attitudes and preferences of investors. And as you covered, the the top-line insight was that the three out of four investors around the globe really saying that ESG is an investing priority for them, but only one in four confident that their current portfolio lines up to their values. And as you said, just 14% in Singapore. And so that's certainly the top kind of insight on that intention-to-action gap. But you get some pretty interesting insights when you dig into the Singapore audience in particular. Mm, Tell us more about those insights. Uh, What differences have you noticed between the Singapore audience and other audiences? For example, uh, those the investors in Europe or the U.S. That's right. Yep. So this this study was of 900 investors across the U.S., U.K. and Singapore, 300 in each market. And what we found is that in Singapore, actually, a higher percentage of investors rated ESG factors as being important or very important to them. As you mentioned, 74% in Singapore versus 65% in the U.S., 63% in the U.K. And interestingly, interestingly, when you dig deeper into that, we found that there was something different about Singapore investors in the over 50 age group. 
So those over 50s in Singapore were more likely to prioritize ESG concerns as very important to them, 42% of that group, compared to less than half of that in the U.S. and the U.K., less than 20% there. Likewise, when you look at the percent of over 50s who say ESG is not at all important to their investing, in other words, you might view them as ESG skeptics, that group in Singapore of the over 50s was only 9% compared to, say, in the U.S., 26%. So one way to look at that is, you know, you've got a more enlightened group of over 50s in Singapore who are just more attuned to the big problems that we're facing, as you mentioned at the top of the segment. Another way is um, that there is maybe just less polarization around some of these issues mm. in Singapore. But generally, I think we can say, you know, while Europe is often looked at as early adopters on ESG, the conversation is now hitting the mainstream globally as a high priority issue. And you see that as you look around Singapore with SGX working to launch stock indices that comply with ESG principles and, and the like. Mm. So whereas, as Singapore investors are concerned, the awareness is definitely there. But does it dive even deeper in perhaps uncovering specific reasons why Singaporeans feel it's important to, to be a part of the ESG sphere? Yeah, well, we, we have a pretty clear understanding of why they consider it important, and in, okay. in particular, which ESG themes they consider to be important to them. Okay. Okay. I think kind of the headline somewhat, though, is like, what is it that might be reducing the confidence of Singaporean investors that their portfolio reflects what they consider to be important? And so, you know, the challenge there is very much down to this barrier for many investors to discover what are their ESG preferences in the first place. And then from there, knowing how to translate those preferences into their investment portfolio. So oh. here, going back to the study briefly, Elliot, mm. we know that over six in 10 Singaporean investors who have interest in ESG are unsure how much of their portfolio should be invested in ESG. And that really jives with all the interviews that we've been having with investors around the world. It's that, it's that epiphany moment that you kind of alluded to at the top of the segment. As an investor, you realize there are these investing options that you could align, say, your retirement savings with your values and what you'd prioritize as kind of the most important problems facing all of us that we really need to solve. But most investors aren't quite sure where to go from there, how to actually take action. Mm. Why are they in this position? I mean, is it just a lack of financial advice, investment advisors not doing their jobs? Yeah, it's a great question. So, and, and we did study that specifically. And so maybe for this, if you just imagine for a moment that you're an investor who's discovered this world of ESG, you've had that epiphany moment, but you're not sure what to do next. You might ask yourself, you know, what would you want in an ESG investing experience? And we think there's three ingredients here. Ingredient number one, you'd want an advisor who's committed to helping you invest sustainably and who can explain ESG concepts clearly. And we see from the data in the study in Singapore that only 20% of investors say that their advisors are hitting that mark. Number two, you'd want an advisor who helps you discover your own ESG preferences and then who can fit a portfolio to those preferences and show a tight fit there. So you have that high confidence as an investor. Um, and I'll just make a note here that ESG preferences are highly individualized. So it really does matter here that an advisor is digging into that with their clients and measuring that properly. And then the number three ingredient is just regular reporting on the ESG impact that your investments are making, right? And so you can know what impact your money is having. And there in Singapore, we saw that 
46% of investors reported that, they, that their reporting is hitting that mark. So when you put those three ingredients together and look at the data as we did with this study, we found that only one in 12 investors in Singapore are getting each of those three ingredients in their investing experience. And, and by the way, it's only one in six investors in the U.S. and the U.K., so it's not as if the U.S. and the U.K. are that much further ahead. Mm. But when you look at it, the investors who do get that experience with those three ingredients, much higher satisfaction and loyalty and advocacy for their financial advisors. So it not only helps the investor to close that confidence gap, it really benefits advisors to, to close that, that gap as well. And that's kind of what we're focused on at Capital Preferences. Mm, then one might ask, why are the advisors not able to close this gap? Why is it they're not able to see that their clients would need this information? And why are they not able to give their clients this, this information? Some might say that this has to do with the absence of international standards for ESG reporting. And that's why the advisors themselves need an education before they can dispense advice in that direction. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, the the ESG investing realm is somewhat new and it's full of buzzwords and concepts. And it is a little bit daunting to learn that space if you're an advisor, in particular, if you're an advisor who's maybe a little bit older, looking at retiring soon, you know, do you really want to learn that whole new domain. That's one thing. But another thing that we've been hearing from advisors as we talk to them around the world is that venturing into this values-focused conversation with clients feels a little bit risky. So, you know, between the kind of the knowledge gap and, and being very clear and being able to explain it, it also feels a little risky to go into this values conversation with, with investors in some cases. And so, you know, that's sort of where we plug in to provide advisors with the, these tools that they can use with their clients to be able to have these conversations, clarify what their clients' preferences are, and do so in a way that they they can feel kind of confident in, in approaching that. Pat, are you, are you saying that you can't help investors with a cause if you yourself don't have a cause? <laughs> well, in, yeah. I mean, in a way, if you're, an, if you're an investor, you kind of want, you know, and you're interested in ESG and making a difference, you kind of want to have a feeling yeah. that, you know, your advisor is on your side and is committed to helping you invest sustainably and then that they can explain those concepts clearly to right. you. So that certainly helps a lot, right, if you have that sense. Is, is there a safe way to do it? Like, I don't know, maybe technology can help in some sense? Absolutely, yeah. And I think the technology is advancing very quickly, and this is this is our bread and butter, a couple of preferences. So we're using a proprietary decision science method to uncover investors' ESG preferences and their convictions. So we call that the sustainable investing simulator. And in the simulator, investors play a very quick and interactive decision game on their mobile device. So it takes about three minutes. It's actually kind of fun. When they do that, we're able to educate them on ESG concepts along the way through that experience as they go through it on their mobile device and then reveal their ESG preferences through the decisions they make in that decision game. So, you know, with that sort of set of unique preferences that we uncover there, you could think of that as an investor's sustainability fingerprint. We can equip that, you know, their advisor with that information. So the advisor now has that intelligence. And, you know, we're talking mathematics here. The advisor can use that information to construct highly personalized portfolios that brings the right mix of, you know, ESG ETFs that really map to that client's individualized 
ESG preferences. So that becomes very powerful then at that point. Right. So for the client, it's actually a bit of a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Well, what sorts of questions do you ask them <laughs> on this tool? I mean, I'm really curious as to how one might be able to begin that journey. Yeah, well, it, it's very interesting. The tool is structured in a way that it poses trade-off decisions oh. to the client. So in other words, we take them through a series of decisions they make that compare how they would allocate money between causes, ESG causes, such as climate change versus, let's say, ethical behavior by companies. Mm. And by looking how the investor moves a slider to allocate funds between those two causes, we can learn a lot about their preferences about those two causes. So we take them through six, seven, eight decisions like that that compare the different ESG themes, and mathematically we can recover their preferences. So it's very powerful because in a way, you know, relying on a questionnaire that's just asking an investor questions, those methods have been proven to be unsound. That's very much kind of yesterday's approach. Using decision science today, we can put investors into this simulator decisions or scenarios where they're making decisions and we can mathematically recover their preferences from those decisions. So in a way, we don't have to rely on asking them questions. We can let them make decisions and that can reveal who they are. So that's the power of the decision science there. Pat, curious question, and, and I love this topic on, on profiling. What happens when you discover the profile of this brand new ESG investor wannabe and the person is just wanting to jump on board for the sake of being trendy? How do you guys manage that situation? It's it's can be quite delicate. Yeah, it can be it can be delicate. So I think this comes a little bit back to education okay. as to you know the, the ins and outs of ESG investing. You know you have to watch out for greenwashing and these sorts of things. Mm, mm. But by the same token, there's there's a fine line maybe Elliot between wanting to be trendy and really what we see in the younger generation, millennials and Gen Zs, wanting to kind of share with their friends and family what their sustainability preferences are. Like, here's who I am and the causes that that really resonate with me. One of the things we found that was very interesting is about half of the investors who are under 50 said that they would be highly interested in sharing the results of their ESG preferences activity on Facebook with their family and friends or on Mm -hmm. social media with their family and friends. So there's a very interesting kind of social currency with ESG investing here that we think represents an opportunity for wealth management firms and advisors, both to help those younger generations discover and express who they are and in the process to perhaps, you know, build brand and, and social referrals and the like in the process. So so it's kind of an interesting little insight from the study. Mm, and of course, make some money in the process as well. It's not just and make about... some money in the process. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about giving people some advice on how to make sound investments. You, you talked about how sometimes there's confusion around the ins and outs of ESG investing. Of course, greenwashing by companies does not help. And we earlier alluded also to international standards for ESG reporting, which are currently absent. However, I know that recently the International Sustainability Standards Board was created, at least 
the announcement was made of the creation of this board. How can all of this come together to give investors a better sense of how to invest in ESG causes moving forward? Yeah, well, you know, the the top takeaway from this research is that ESG is highly personal. Each investor has a unique set of preferences. And in a way, there's almost a danger from the retail investor standpoint to try to go out and drink from the the information fire hose, so to speak, because there is a lot of information out there on ESG. I kind of fall back to the kind of age-old guidance of first, know thyself. So if you're an investor who you know, you're interested in ESG, work with your financial advisor if you have one. Don't jump straight to the minutia of the ESG ratings or ESG investment funds and products. Think about yourself first and what your own preferences are. Work with your advisor to discuss what goals you have for investing in ESG. You know, is it to reduce ESG-related risk in your portfolio? Do you want to invest in companies that are working to solve the ESG problems that you view as the most important ones? You know, do you want to engage some of the companies with poor to middling ESG track records to try to drive change through shareholder activism, right? If you own a share in them, you have a vote. So discuss how you, what your objectives are, how you'd make those trade-offs that we discussed before among ESG themes and causes. And ideally, your advisor will use a tool like the simulator to measure your preferences there. But failing that, at least talk through it with them, right? Those are the key first steps. Know thyself. Beyond that, then, is when you can kind of work with your advisor to ensure your portfolio reflects your preferences, and you can ask your advisor for the reporting on the ESG impact that your investments are having. So that's, that'd be my advice. Oh, that's great advice. Know thyself. I'm going to take that with me. Pat Spanner, who is Chief Marketing Officer for Capital Preferences. Pat, thank you for your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Yep, thanks so much for having me. Bye now. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.